Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Jose Canseco Cast, a podcast about baseball legend Jose Canseco, with your hosts Jeff May and Adam Todd Brown. Hey, everybody! Welcome. To Jose Canseco. Hey, welcome to Jose Canseco. I'm so excited. Welcome back, Adam. I am very excited too. How have you been, Jeff? Good. Been living the dream. Yeah. No, but I'm excited <laughs> to be here so we can talk about a really complex individual. Very complex. I've also not been living the dream, but I am excited to be recorded. I've had a weird week, and this is the first time i'm recording this week oh it feels good to be getting back into it with this podcast yeah because yeah, this no, podcast this... isn't going to get us killed by the government no unless jose can get us killed by jose canseco which someday. is probably way more likely if i think oh about. yeah absolutely you could get it in a ferrari accident <laughs> or a baseball bat beating or you or might just, just get shot or a knee to the face yeah Flying knee to the face. knee directly to the (laughs) face. So it's funny, too, because the last episode we covered sort of like the trade and all the ins and outs of it, how he was flabbergasted at this thing that made kind of sense. Made perfect sense, yeah. And we also are starting to really go deeper into what we can ascertain about how he's kind of a dickhead. Yes. Like, you can infer from how he writes Juiced and the way he's writing that it certainly is frenetic, but the more you learn about him, the more you can sort of piece the puzzle together a little bit. Yeah. And and with this podcast, it's been just a progress that cannot be stopped. And with <laughs> no. every episode, I'm like, I hate this guy a little bit more. It like mushroom clouds in this episode. Yeah. It's funny because I have a lot of empathy for him because I of know course. he's clearly a, he's clearly a wounded yeah, hates Human. a strong... I don't hate Jose but Canseco, but... He's a, a real... He's a fucking character. He's something. He's... Uh, you know, I don't want to even get the Grand Slam package at his <laughs> Jose Canseco car wash that includes an autographed baseball. I would fuck with that. I think I tweeted at him because he was like, if you join this, and I was like, will you do the intro to my podcast? If I did? <laughs> did not reply. Ah, uh, Jose. Oh, Jose, can't you see? <laughs> I don't get it. Because we're trying... It's Jose... Can't. Canseco. Oh, okay. Can sure. Canseco. Sure. Jose Canseco. <laughs> so he gets traded to the Texas Rangers. That's what we talked about on the last episode. And he hits the ground juicing. He sure does. He does not waste any time. You know what he reminds me of is, you know, in like a cartoon or like when somebody's doing like a bit about someone arriving in New York and someone has a trench coat filled with watches. That they're like, oh, hey, you for want sure. some watches? Yeah. I feel like that's Jose as soon as he walks into the Texas locker room. He's just like, anybody wants some steroids? Absolutely. Like, that's the way it feels. It feels like that's him throughout his entire career. I'd say it's like progressively more and more. Eventually, he gets like on it. Well, eventually, like, more players start catching on that the, steroids help. The bit about, which we're probably not going to cover until next week, but the Giambi thing is so, so fucking <laughs> oh, fun. The you whole- see this fat piece of shit? <laughs> That's what that whole chapter's about. Oh, my God. It's so good. Oh, but with him getting traded to Texas, that sets up two of the wildest incidents that happen in his career. They both happen on the field, and they both happen within, like, three or four days of each other. There's a lot going on here. Yeah. And 
this is right as I was pulling myself sort of away from baseball. I was more into comics at the time during the trade. Cause I remember being told by like my dad, he's like, Hey, your guy got traded. Yeah. And I was like, what? But I was like X-Men. So yeah, I'm glad I got to read more in on this because I was less aggressively following at the time. Yeah, anyone who was still aggressively following baseball by this point, which I was, a lot of people were, the strike happens during In like yeah, like this, a year from this that. season. Yeah. Like yeah. during Jose Canseco's first full season with the Rangers, the MLB strike happens. And we did an episode of the 90s sucked about that. Just the ramifications of that. Mike Piazza had to get a gig on Married with Children. Yeah, it really fucked up a lot of lives. And Jose Canseco, he talks about the MLB strike and how, you know, I probably would have had one of my best seasons and the Rangers were in first place. What he's leaving out is the Rangers were in first place in one of the most historically terrible divisions in baseball history. The Rangers were like... 15 games below 500 and we're yeah. still in first place. Yeah, not a good uh, was AL Central, right? AL West. They're in West? No. The Rangers? Yeah, I, I guess so. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you had the A's and the Angels and the Mariners. Yep. Yeah, that's... Well, that was Griffey era Mariners. But it was that particular season, yeah, just that division. One of the stories was we're going to have to send a team from this fucking terrible division to the playoffs. And you see that in football like, sometimes where a team will like win their division going eight and eight. And people are like, what's the second place team in the NFC North is 14 and two. Well, like, how it doesn't goes. matter. Fuck face. So, well, that was the NL West for like a decade. Remember the Padres used to make it and everyone's like, yeah, all right. Yeah. The NL West was garbage for like the entirety of the two thousands. Yeah. But let's get back to some sports topic that. I feel like everyone can have a little fun with this event. The first one we're going to be talking about is the most gifable thing. It has, whenever I tweet about the show, I will get this as a gif in a reply. I'm going to play this video. I feel like even without seeing it, people at home will understand what's happening. Yeah, the gist will be gotten here. He's trying to figure it out. He's making faces like, huh? Let's take a look at it. Martinez, fourth home run of the year. Goes right off his fucking head and over Just the fence. Just pops off his dome. Back to the wall. He looks like he's, you know, he's checking the wall. He's checking the ball. Checking the wall. And the Doing ball. slow-mo it's replay. It's it hits him right, at the, right on the crown, too. And then he flies into the wall. Dome run. <laughs> and it's out of here. No wonder David Hulse was laughing when he went over Ouch. Jose, it, you've hit a lot of home runs. You did a lot of great things, but that shot will live forever. There it is. Amen. And that is true. That is 100% true. That might be the defining play of Jose Canseco's career. N- nearly 30 years later. Yeah. When it hit 25 years, go out and Google. There are so many... Like, on this day in yeah. history, how many articles. Vice and Vulture articles yeah. were there about like, revisiting Jose yeah. Canseco? An AV Club article <laughs> about the dome run. It reminds you of the levity of the game. 
Yeah. That it's a game. Yeah. When I watched baseball super religiously as a kid, one of my favorite shows, do you remember This Week in Baseball? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't remember who the narrator was, but it was very informative in terms of baseball, but it was also presented in almost like a comedy sort of way. Yeah, because it's a game. Yeah. And like whenever people take baseball way too seriously, I'm always like, see, Winter Soldier Neeson, huge baseball, like big, big baseball baseball fan. Yeah. She sits there in the, she takes the, yeah, she she brings the scorecard to the game. The whole scorecard thing. No, but like it's a game. As a reminder, it's just adults getting paid a lot of money to play a child's game. Right. Like baseball bloopers are some of my favorite things. I oh, love yeah. watching baseball fights because they're so fun. Yeah. I talk about the hidden ball trick. Oh, I love the hidden ball trick. I can watch hidden ball trick videos for hours. Yeah. <clears throat> or any video of a dude sliding into a base and doing any kind of trickery with his leg to ev- evade that tag. I fucking love that kind of shit. It's fun. Yeah. Baseball's a fun game to watch. It gets a bad rap. Because it's not paced well. Yeah. Basketball is paced very well. Hockey is paced well. Football and baseball take their time. They sure do. You know. How does football not get called boring when it's paced almost exactly the same way as baseball? Because there's always movement. Like the important part of football is kind of what happens before the ball is snapped and people are getting in formation. Like with baseball, you're just standing around waiting for things to happen. So this incident happened on May 26, 1993, during a road game against the Indians. This was Jose Canseco's quote at the time. I'll be on ESPN for a month. I'm entertaining. How can I be embarrassed? I've been through it all in baseball. It's the best way you can handle it. Yeah, he just got traded mid-game yeah. the previous season. This is kind of minor compared to that. I would like to see like the owner or the manager just looking after making that trade, having this happen, and just going, I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> <laughs> the arrested development, like, yeah. I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> Another quote, I thought it was gone. Then I thought he was going to catch it. Then I saw it hit him in the head and bounce out. You got to laugh at something like that. It's kind of funny, but that's the way the game is. That's Carlos Martinez who hit that home run. I don't know if this is the way the game is. This was a very unique situation. It was, but it's also like sometimes things get lost. Balls get lost in the air. People are running. Like it happens. How many times have you seen people smash into each other in a game? Oh, yeah. That's one of those moments where it's like you see someone fall on ice and you're like, are you okay? Are you okay? And as soon as they're okay, you're like, oh, you fucking idiots. What's wrong with you? Sometimes they're not. Yeah. Baseball injuries are either... Torn muscles or fucking violent collisions. Well, violent collisions are really bad because when they happen, they're almost entirely in people not wearing helmets. They're wearing right. a little, little hat. Little hat. Little baby hat. That's <laughs> like when you're running 10 to 14 miles an hour into each other to catch a ball. I've seen it. Like yeah. it's happened in the Red Sox during their like heyday and it, it's fucking hard. I watched Hideki Matsui when he snapped his wrist. I was watching that Ugh. game. Do you remember that? Yeah. I was watching that fucking game and you see it. It just like flops over and he just looks at it and then he just like left hand throws the ball in and you're just like, fuck. Remember Dave Dravecki? I don't. Dave Dravecki was a pitcher for, I believe, the San Diego Padres, had cancer, and they assumed his career was over, but makes this big comeback, puts in all this work to come back. First game, first pitch, arm snaps the minute he throws the pitch. Like, you Oh, just, yeah, doesn't chemo do that to your yeah, fucking bones? Like his bones were weak from chemo, and he just immediately, Jesus. like his arm snapped the minute he threw a pitch. 
brutal. Collect a paycheck for that game, though. Fuck yeah, probably the whole season. There it is. The Padres were nice. Perfect but scam. Also, but also, it was the 80s, so he probably made like $45,000 yeah. that season. This is another quote that I think brings up an interesting point. This is Indians manager Mike Hargrove. Everybody else was looking for the ball on the ground. I've seen guys knock the ball over the fence with their gloves for home runs, but I've never seen somebody get hit in the head and have the ball go over the fence. I can't believe he was still standing. If I got hit with a ball like that, I'd be knocked flat. And that's funny stuff, but that's a great point. Yeah, man. Jose's working out them head muscles. Yeah. If you (laughs) watch the video, he turns his head at the exact right moment to not take a fucking fly ball to the face. To the eye socket, yeah. His face would have exploded if he did not turn his head. It's funny if that happened. No, um, <laughs> no, but it is funny that you think about, like, if this happened to anybody else. Like, I'm thinking of other people that, yeah. like, that would have played, and I can think of, like, maybe eight people that would have had the same reaction of Jose, which is like, oh, that was weird. Everybody else would be like, I need to go to the ER. I think I have massive brain swelling right now. Yeah, Andre Dawson could have gotten away with this. I was thinking Andre (laughs) Dawson. Maybe a Manny Ramirez probably could have pulled it off. Yeah. But not... Not a lot more. Let this happen to Mike Trout. Yeah. He's going to the hospital. Yeah. Let's see Ichiro. Julio Franco. Yeah. Ichiro (laughs) would want to play, but he'd be like falling over. Yeah. He is very lucky he wasn't. Yeah, he was severely, severely injured. Yeah, he kept playing. Yeah, he's like, that was a weird thing that happened. It's like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. And it's like when Homer became a boxer in the early run of the Simpsons Uh because he just couldn't feel pain. And like people would be beating the shit out of him. He's like, this is weird, right? And then he just outlasts (laughs) them. It's like that. He's like, oh, that was weird. That thing that just smashed my head in at 100 miles an hour, huh? Yeah, and he takes it in stride. You can see him laughing about it on the field. Think about a pitcher when like somebody gets hit in the head with like a wild pitcher or hopefully not a beanball, but they have the helmet on and it's still like a huge deal. Yeah. Jose took it to the fucking head. The bare hat covered head. A ball that was rocketed into the outfield. <laughs> it had been Smash traveling it. through the air Jose for a could, while. Jose Canseco's gorgeous dome. <laughs> And he's just like, huh. It's like a mortar attack. It's unfathomable that he's just like, what was that? And somebody had to tell him, like, you got hit in the head with a baseball. He's like, really? Yeah. How crazy would it have been if he was knocked unconscious also? That wouldn't have been crazy. Yeah, it wouldn't have been. That would have actually. Visual. Oh, of having him fucking. Him just fucking die. Lights out while he's still falling. Like, yeah, kind of. He's very fortunate. I mean, yeah. it's still funny. It's, it, I'm it's, telling you, it's fallen on ice. Once yeah. you realize he's fine, this is the funniest thing. It is. Had it killed him, we'd have been like, yeah, It's a little less funny. Yeah, not nearly as funny. Still kind it's of still funny. Kind of, like, yeah, he's not a, like super funny. He's a public figure. We get to make fun of the way he dies yeah. if it's wacky. If you cut the clip before he <laughs> dies, I guess it's pretty good. <laughs> it is interesting, though, because this is one of baseball's greatest bloopers. Oh, for like sure. 100%. Like, there aren't many that can compare to this because it's such a weird and unique moment of the game and such a only one time. All the other really memorable baseball clips I can think of are fights. Yeah. Like Robin Ventura and Nolan no, Ryan. That's so, good. that's so good. I watch that often. Don Zimmer and Pedro Martinez. Watch that one live. (laughs) There's this one where somebody throws in at the, I forget who the hitter is. The hitter steps back, just crescent kicks the catcher in the chest (laughs) and then runs. 
<laughs> so he like gets out of the way, kicks the catcher in the chest, so he goes flying and then chases down. <laughs> There's one where Coco Crisp came running out and his dad was a fucking boxer. And so the pitcher threw a punch at him and Coco just moves out of the way <laughs> and just fucking drills the <laughs> dude. It was great. Yeah. And Randy Johnson hitting that fucking seagull with a pitch. Yeah. But this is the seagull yeah. pitch. It's almost as improbable yeah, that it, something it, like this would happen, much less to Jose Canseco. Because well, he's not a bad fielder either. Right. He didn't have like a bad fielding record. He didn't have a lot of errors or anything like that. He was an average outfielder, but yeah. better than most people on the planet. Yeah. You know? And then, oh man, this uh, one incident. It's so good. Oh my God, it's so good. A few short days later, another Infamous Jose Canseco incident happens. And this one, surprisingly, the more dangerous one. More dangerous. And this one, I actually found a bunch of additional information about it that kind of makes it make more sense. But we won't play the video for this one. Basically, every baseball team has a set number of pitchers. You have your starting pitchers, you have your relief pitchers. And sometimes when a game gets out of hand... You run out. You run out of pitchers... And that's when a position player has to pitch. That is the dregs of a baseball game. When you have a shortstop hurling 45 mile an hour fastballs. You know who I've seen do that? Mark Grace. Oh, yeah. Craig Biggio did because he did the position per inning. Right. I don't know if you remember that. Weird. Oh, yeah, 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 he, yeah. He played every position. Yeah. Uh, what kinda, a show off, though. It's kind of neat, though. Yeah. I kind of like that. It reminds me of that thing you see in football sometimes where all the quarterbacks are injured, so now the running back's playing quarterback. Yeah, and then you see, like, all of a sudden that running back turns out he was, like, a college fucking massive, amazing quarterback. Well, that, yeah. that would happen with Walter Payton sometimes with the Bears. When they would run out of quarterbacks, Walter Payton would just play quarterback, and he was fine. Yeah. He wasn't good. It was, like, average... He could manage, he could hand off to himself. I remember back in the day, somebody there was an interview with like Michael Vick's high school coach or whatever. And they're like, so he was like the best quarterback you ever had. And he goes, second best. And they're like, who was the best? He goes, Allen Iverson. <laughs> That's great. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Uh, Hopefully I'm not misremembering the names, but I'm pretty sure that was it. Yeah, that sounds about right. I do know, if I recall correctly, Allen Iverson did play football yeah. also. So a few days after this dome run situation jose canseco comes in to pitch for the texas rangers in a game against the boston red sox they're losing whoop, whoop. they're losing 12 to 1 yeah they are they've run through all their pitchers and jose canseco seemingly says put me in coach yeah he's had a put me in coach moment i'll do it i'm ready to play i saw john fogarty play that live and his guitar was just a Louisville slugger. Oh, fuck yeah. It was so fucking dope. He really leaned into that center field album, man. He sure did. I have that on vinyl. It's a good album. It's a great album. That's the album he got sued over because it sounds too much like Is that CCR. the one that has Run Through the Jungle on it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and that's the song he got sued over. Fuck him. Great song. So it didn't go well when he pitched. No, as it doesn't. It usually doesn't. But it usually doesn't in that, oh, they gave a couple of home runs out. Right. There's some home runs. And it didn't go well for Jose Canseco because of a few other reasons. Namely, he, about six weeks later, injures his arm so gravely, he's out for the rest of the season. He has, he has to, to get, get Tommy John. Tommy John surgery. He has to get that corpse surgery. Which, anytime a surgery is named after someone who was alive during your era, 
you know it's rare. Yeah, you're like, like Jesus. But I it's s- not rare anymore. It's not anymore, but at the time, like, I remember seeing Tommy John pitch. Well, it was like a relatively new surgery because yeah. it, it uses corpse meat, doesn't it? Something like that. It uses the ligaments from, basically, you're getting an implant from a corpse. Right. Of ligaments because the ligaments are fine. So it's fucking, what a weird way to dedicate your... Oh, your organ donor thing. You're like, hopefully my eyes will help someone see. And it's like, you just helped a millionaire be able to throw another couple of of years of pitches. Thanks, kid. Yeah. Thanks, dead guy. (laughs) Thank you for your service. Thanks for your accident. And yeah, for one thing, Jose Canseco's, just his pitching performance was very bad. Not good. He looked like he had never thrown a baseball in his life. Which is funny because you find out later he could throw gas. And this was his second time pitching. Yeah. But in this performance, he's just kind of like lobbing the ball at the catcher. Yeah, and and like, what's happening? And here? everyone's hitting the ball to center field. Yeah. Like every single person. So we find out why. And, right. And you kind of hinted at that, that he had previously in an, like an exhibition game. Yeah. What pitched it, yeah. A couple days earlier. Right. The Rangers manager, a guy named Kevin Kennedy. He was the Rangers manager at the time. First, he was a rookie manager, right? Right. It was his first season. And as luck would have it, he also wrote a book about his time in baseball. It's called Twice Around the Bases. And in that book, he goes into a lot of detail about this particular incident. And first of all, this quote is great. Managing Jose was like managing Elvis Presley. He was like a rock star. That seems accurate. Yeah. And later on in Juiced, Kevin Kennedy is like the one person that Jose Canseco is like, he was great, best manager I ever had. Sure, he let, probably let him do whatever he wanted. Yeah. he's like, hey, man. You know. He's a rookie manager. He's not going to fucking question yeah. Jose Canseco. The new face of the franchise. Right. And according to his book, what happened is during spring that season, because this happens during Canseco's first actual season with Texas. Because he got traded, and that was at the end of the previous season. So during the offseason, he approaches Kevin Kennedy, and he's like, look, I used to pitch in high school, and I would like to pitch in a major league game. So if at any point during this season, if we're in that space where we're out of pitchers and we need someone to step in, put me in, coach. Kevin Kennedy's like, I don't think I want to do that, dude. Yeah, Kevin Kennedy's like, ah. I don't know. And he had a good reason to not want to do it. No. Why would you want to be the guy that blows out the arm of somebody you paid a lot of money for? Yeah. It's his rookie season as a manager. This guy's selling a lot of tickets. Jose Canseco's putting asses in seats. Big, thick Texas asses in the seats. And now he's here wanting to pitch, which doesn't seem that strenuous. But the things... Unless you've ever pitched. I have. I I pitched a Little League Championship game and we won. There it is. NBD. Pitched a complete game. It ravages your fucking arm. It destroys your arm. You have to, at the minimum, have ice on your bicep the entire next day. Yeah. And if you're a starting pitcher, by like the third or fourth inning, your arm is throbbing. Like, it hurts so bad. So, to have Jose Canseco do this was, and especially with it being Jose Canseco, Because he walks in and is like, look, man, I can throw 95-mile-an-hour fastballs. I'm Jose Canseco. And he could. Yeah. But this is where, because this is important to know, because the previous game, this is the evidence here. The fact that he pitched this exhibition game and was throwing 95-mile-an-hour fastballs, and then a few days later comes in to pitch during a blowout. But here's the thing. He's not made to recover. Right. 
after three or four days. He needs to be on a starting pitcher's rotation minimum because he doesn't fucking pitch. Right. So the fact that he's jumping in in a game right after he threw a massive, a massive game. He had a great game pitching. But then he's coming back in, and he was fucking, he was throwing uh, in the bullpen. Yeah. Well, we should mention before this, the way he ends up getting signed off on as a pitcher is Kevin Kennedy's like, well, I'm not going to green oh, light yeah. that shit. Let's send it up the take it to the top, which at this point in baseball history, the top meant George W. Bush, who was the owner of the Texas Rangers at the time. And he was busy planning 9-11. So he yeah. was just like, fine. He had to wreck the Middle East. So <laughs> he was planning 9-11 in the <laughs> 90s. While he owned the Texas Rangers. Here's my long-term plan. <laughs> Number so, one, get elected president. George Bush is like, fine. I don't give a fuck. Let him pitch. Yeah. And they have him work out with the team pitching coach to, like, get his technique down. Like, they put a lot of effort into this. And it's going well. And it's going really well. What I think is kind of lost to history is, as we mentioned, a few days before this, before the pitching incident we all know about, they had an exhibition game where they played against their AAA affiliate in Oklahoma. And he pitched an inning in that game and was throwing 95-mile-an-hour fastballs, retired the side in order, struck someone out like he was he was doing good doing it yeah and so it seemed obvious why not put him in for an inning when we're down 12-1 he needs to be living in ice for three days before you get him to pitch that you need to just freeze him in a fucking carbonite block and to make matters worse they like when you are coming in as a relief pitcher you go to the bullpen first and throw some pitches and you're not by the way you're not supposed to throw massive pitches when you're in the bullpen. Right. It's just to warm you up. You're supposed to be just getting your arm loose. Yeah, you're not throwing 95 in the bullpen. You're throwing 80 to get your arm loosened up and ready to go. If you're a pitcher who knows what they're doing. Yeah. Jose Canseco was Jose Canseco. You're not a man who almost kills Frank Thomas in a Ferrari <laughs> unless you're trying to show people up, you know? Right. So he gets in the bullpen, and anytime a position player is up in the bullpen, people notice. And with it being Jose Canseco, yeah. everyone's like, holy shit, let's go watch yeah. him warm up. I think the Incredible Hulk is about to pitch for the <laughs> yeah. Rangers. And also, like, it was in Boston, and there's going to be a mix of people being, like, astonished by that and, like, ooh, an opportunity to shit on Jose Canseco. Yeah, exactly. As somebody who has almost gotten into a fight in Fenway Park with a professional baseball player, <laughs> I can stand by the fact that there are definitely people that will be willing to try to pick a fight. In- <laughs> <laughs> so he's down in the bullpen. Showing off. And a crowd gathers, and Kevin Kennedy can hear that he's throwing some fucking heat in that bullpen. And Kevin Kennedy calls the pitching coach, Claude Osteen, I think was his name. And it's Joel Osteen. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, the mega church guy. And he's like, have Jose sit down. He's obviously yeah, he's warm. He's warm, and we'll put him in at the end of the inning. And Jose Canseco says no. Says no, Jose Canseco. <laughs> and he keeps throwing 95-mile-an-hour fastballs in the bullpen to a crowd of what was probably 160, maybe, people. yeah. Something. Yeah, and does this to the point that, oops, Injures his arm before he even goes out to pitch. still goes out, by the way. (laughs) When they call him, he's like, this is fine. Doesn't tell anybody. This is a good example now. We can take a step back because that's important that you said he kind of blew it. 
and he doesn't tell anybody. This is where we get to step back and view this as a microcosm for Jose, which is Jose is not a man with an incredible amount of foresight. Right. He's not a planner. He's not somebody that thinks long-term. You can see it through his spending habits. You can see it through a lot of the stuff that he's written about, that he is a very much in the now person, including the process of writing the book. Right. He didn't think about future repercussions of that. He was just like, well, you know, I'm going to make some money. Got to be honest. Yeah, that's it. Ooh, you don't have to be this honest. Not all the time. Yeah, there it is. And yeah, it comes back to haunt. Well, for one thing, he goes in and pitches and looks absurd. Yeah. Because he gets in the game and his coaches have seen him throwing 95 mile an hour fastballs this whole time. And now he's just like throwing rainbow knuckleballs that are like barely getting to the plate. He's making himself like a human blooper reel. Yeah. Like ESPN must have been eating this up. Oh, yeah. It looked ridiculous. I mean, he finally managed to get them out of the inning, but he like gave up two more runs. He walked three people in a row. He did that big float like in Rookie of the Year. Yeah. How he got him out. Yeah. It was painful to watch. And then the next day, he finally admits to Kevin Kennedy that, yeah, I probably hurt my arm while I was warming up and just didn't tell you. Anyway, put me back in. I'm going to play some baseball. And they did. Yeah. They're like, sure. Yeah. No problem. Well, we just won't have you pitch. anymore and since that's the only thing a baseball player uses their arm for yeah like that's the thing too (laughs) did they at least shift him to dh at that time no why would they (laughs) he injures himself on a throw from center field back into the infield no like six weeks later which is a considerable amount of time a, a considerable enough amount of time to like have a lot of questions about why this is going to happen. And it actually, it kind of speaks to the question of whether him pitching those two games, if that's what caused this injury. And I think for a long time, the perception has been, yes, that's what caused it. Yeah. But not really. And not also what we know about his steroid usage as well. Like, right. You know, sometimes the body can't handle what the rest of the body is doing. Yeah. And what worked in Kevin Kennedy's favor, because he immediately, like once Jose Canseco gets injured, they find out he's out for the season, needs Tommy John surgery. So now Kevin Kennedy's like, fuck, I signed off on him pitching, was worried it would backfire. It has backfired. I'm probably going to get fired now. Yeah. Well, I mean, George Bush signed off on it. Yeah. There's at least that. Right. And he also, where he probably gets saved, I actually don't know if he was still the manager next season. I should have looked that up before. But the doctor who ends up operating on Jose Canseco is like, no, a torn ligament is a progressive injury. Yeah, this is not a thing that happened because of one specific incident. And he actually said it would have started probably the previous season. And if you go back to the last episode, that's the season where he like hit 21 home runs and he's injured. I feel like you found something. He, oh, uh, okay. He was the manager of the Texas Rangers from 1993 all the way until 1994. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. And then you know where he went? Where? The Boston Red Sox. Oh, wow. The Bo Sox. Which, interestingly enough, that's where Jose went after the Texas Rangers. Because he probably, Jose says he loves Kevin Kennedy. Yeah. So, like, it makes sense, you know. He was let go following the strike-shortened 1994 season after posting only 52 and 62, even though that was was first place. first place and was replaced by Johnny Oates. 
Uh, he became the manager for the Red Sox, where he led them to their first postseason appearance since 1990 before being swept by Cleveland. Cleveland haunts that motherfucker too, huh? <laughs> Is that from Wikipedia? And he was fired after 96, yeah. Shout out to Wikipedia. So yeah, that's kind of what makes the blow a little less for Kevin Kennedy is knowing. And he does in the book, he's like, yeah, his bat speed was slowing down a little bit. When he would throw back in from the outfield, sometimes it seemed like he was just sort of sort of lobbing it instead of really fucking firing it back in like he should. So at least Kevin Kennedy comes around to feeling like the pitching incident wasn't what caused it. Yeah, you, you kind of have to recognize, be like, Jose was a risk taker. Yeah. The ultimate risk taker. I think, again, all of his behaviors point directly to that. Yeah. Like, hard. Yeah, he's a risk taker, and he's... Uh, it's very I don't know if narcissist is the right word, but he's very... He exhibits narcissistic tendencies. He's very self-absorbed. Yes. And I get the idea that he's not a great communicator, and that that probably played a part in why injuries wrecked his career the way they did. Because he paints it as, oh, well, I was expected to play when I was hurt. But it's like, were you telling people you were hurt? But that being said, though, he's right about that. Like, are you hurt or injured? I remember that 100% when I, did you ever hear that phrase? Because I got that a lot when I played football. No, I and didn't. something hurt, the coach would say, are you hurt or injured? If you're injured, go take a seat. We'll take care of it. If you're hurt, get your ass back out there and get to it. I only played baseball like right up to my freshman year in high school. Yeah. And then I started like fucking girls and things. Fuck yeah, dude. And it's like Jose can say. <laughs> All right. So can we talk about what I think is maybe the craziest chapter of the book Juiced? In a collection of crazy bananas chapters, this is one of the it's got, premium. There's so many layers to to what makes this chapter so insane it's chapter 12 it's called fatherhood changes everything sure and with and you can tell because he spends so much time on it so much time this is clearly as the title implies it's a chapter about the birth of his first child but it's also a chapter about meeting his wife yeah the woman who he has that first child with but it's also in this chapter he dedicates at least half of it to the dome run incident yeah and him pitching yeah because this all takes place in the span of like six days right he meets jessica the woman he eventually marries she's working as a hooters waitress which which you hate to play the stereotype game but jesus a hooters in texas waitress too like i have a feeling that's i think all the stereotype there goes jose canseco's direction of course because it's of course he married the first hooters girl (laughs) That was nice to him. I feel like on the te- road. I feel like Texas probably has the best per capita Hooters waitresses. But also, let's not forget this was a different era for Hooters. At that point, a, Ho- Hooters. a Hooters girl, you were like, Jesus, that's like the Victoria's Secret Angels of Restaurant Workers. Yeah, good job, Jose. Yeah, pulling a the Heidi Klum of chicken wing delivery. <laughs> exactly. So he meets his future wife at a Hooters. She's a smoke show, by the way. She is. She is beautiful. Yes. And the next day, she has no idea who he she's is. Like, I don't know who you are. Yeah, who the fuck are you? Like, she's not watching baseball. But uh, she's a Hooters waitress. They don't have baseball on the TVs <laughs> in Arlington, Texas. Why would they play Rangers games? Exactly. Yeah. Why didn't she know? Who I kind of am wondering. Was. Like, you're is in she- Arlington. <laughs> There's only the Rangers there. Yeah. She should have had some idea. Yeah. But whatever. So. 
they go on a date the next day. They go to lunch, and he takes her shopping. Takes, and they her, sp- takes her to Hooters. Takes her to Hooters, of course. Takes her to Buffalo Wild Wings. They go shopping and spend $7,000 at Calvin Klein. In 1993 money. Yes. So I'm like watching this. I'm like, is Calvin Klein like a Toyota dealership? Yeah. Did he walk in and go, give us everything? Yeah. And she's like, most of that's not going to fit me. We'll take this store, please. We just have inventory on our hands now. Yeah. yeah well, not, you know, <laughs> I'll get Flip you a $7,000 place to store all this Calvin Klein. <laughs> Flip it. He got her a second job. Responsibility. So yeah, they go on that date. And then the next day, the dome run happens. Yep. So in the span of three days, he meets the woman he's going to marry, drops 7K at a Calvin Klein, gets hit in the dome with a home run. And then makes a baby. And then makes a baby. He's going to make a baby. And he names that baby Josie Canseco. <laughs> Get it, Jeff? I don't. It's like Jose, but there's an I in the middle. Because you, spe- you can't spell I Jose am- without I. <laughs> oh, imagine trying to date his daughter, though. Oh, yeah, that's got to be... Imagine the nightmare. Yeah, he's a hold a gun while he's talking to you at the door type, for sure. In his mouth. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. Why won't he let us I don't use his cameo that. video on this podcast? Official enemy of the podcast, <laughs> Jose Canseco. Exactly. Once he said no, I'm like, well, then I don't have to be nice to you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we tried. We tried. We reached out. I mean, that being said, I'm still viewing this from a fair perspective. It's right. There's part where he talks about wanting to kill himself. There Uh, is. And I know that's not funny, but like what we just did was. (laughs) Exactly. That's the difference. But the thing about this chapter that really, really stood out to me, I already mentioned how he spends two pages of the chapter about meeting his wife and having his first kid spends two pages talking about the home run off his head and him pitching. And the thing about those two pages, they are half of that chapter. Yeah. It's not a long chapter. It is shockingly brief for the subject matter he's covering. Yeah. Chapter 12 is a special. It's just like an addition. Yeah. It, might, it was just like, Oh, Jose, you don't, fuck, I forgot the, my kids. I forgot to mention my family and the dome run. <laughs> the two things that should stick with me. Yeah. And so this chapter, it's four and a half pages long. To give you some comparisons. Yeah, a little perspective here. The Lamborghini chapter that we mentioned previously. 64 pages long. <laughs> no, but it is five and a half pages long. Yeah. The road beef chapter. So the chapter about cheating on his wife. About porking other women, yeah. <laughs> Three pages longer than the chapter about meeting his wife. And having his daughter. We seem to be glossing over the fact that it's also not about having his daughter. And then the Madonna chapter, nine pages long, twice as long as the chapter about meeting his wife and having his first kid. Maybe if his wife was Hooters waitress and Madonna at the same time. That <laughs> yeah. Been. Yeah. It's really her failing, if anything. Yeah. That blew me away. That felt like one of the craziest moments in this book to me. Is that he just kind of glosses over the fact that he's like, also, I met uh, the woman that I met and uh, we had a kid. Back to the Lambo. Right. (laughs) And that's sort of how it is. After that chapter, it's kind of back to, let me tell you about how great steroids are. For a few chapters. God, he's so into it. 
There's the Jason Giambi chapter. Oh, I fucking love the Jason Giambi chapter. Like, we should leave some chapters for people to sure. read. But just the Jason Giambi just chapter. preview, there's a lot of him being like, what a fat piece of shit. What a bloated toad. <laughs> what a fat neck zit back piece of shit. He really hates Jason Giambi. Like, it's fucking bananas, man. There's a really weird chapter about umpires. Yeah, he was like the protector of the umpires. He like picketed with them, which was really cool on his part. It was. If I can be 100% honest, that's also a good investment when you're a baseball player. Right. But then you might get a couple of calls you weren't going to get before. But then the whole rest of the chapter is about how that investment barely paid off because umpires still fucking hated him. Yeah, well, there's a chapter about the strike. Which uh, he said he could have strike busted a little bit. He basically lays out a plan for how he could have colluded with Major League Baseball owners to break up the union. But he like presents it in a way where he's like, they were too dumb to realize it. They didn't know to come ask old snitch. They they weren't like, (laughs) you know who we should get at right now? Jose Canseco. Maybe he'll help us break the law. Circumvent the strike. He seems stable. (laughs) It yeah. seems like a... I wonder why they didn't reach out. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? Crazy. Yeah. That is when you're talking about like when he displays narcissistic tendencies. That's one of them. Because like, did you offer Jose or did you just think they'd pick you? Right. Like throw a dart at the dartboard <laughs> and be like, well, landed on Jose. And then to bring it back to his daughter, the next time she comes up, it's in a chapter called The Night My Daughter Saved My Life. Which is about a suicide attempt. It's about a suicide attempt. It's about his now ex-wife. Well, they were separated they at were the separating, time. But she was fucking... Like <laughs> Flies a, off to Kansas City to fuck Tony Gonzalez, which also yeah. quite a looker. Yeah, I would uh, fly to Kansas City. Had an impressive career. Played the entire career with one team. Who does that anymore? I yeah, think. It's a, it's a real bummer. No, 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 no. He played for the Falcons for a while too, right? I would say so. I believe Tony Gonzalez did. But yeah, there's this chapter where he and Jessica are separated and he really does not portray himself in a positive light. It's a brutal. I think if you're writing about your suicide attempt, I think that now's not the time for being like talking about how expensive your gun was, you know, like, like that's the time where you're like, all right, let's get fucking. Yeah, he really let's, goes let's into detail. Off. The but gun sounds cool. It's, I mean. It sounds really fucking neat. Yeah. And yeah, right? Like, he's got a cool gun. Yeah. And, and he was like, this is what taking my head off. Yeah, I'm just going to fucking kill myself. He decides he's going to shoot himself in the head with his gun that he loves so much. His rad Texas gun. Yeah. And it's all because his wife has left him, and now she's off banging Tony Gonzalez. A, uh, all pro tight end. Tony Gonzalez. Hall of Fame tight end Tony Gonzalez. Yeah, we had like a 13-year career in the NFL. That's unheard of. Yeah, and he was great the entire time. Yeah. Uh, and yes, you're right, Falcons, until 2013. Didn't he play for the Chiefs too, though? Chiefs first. And then yeah, Falcons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. He yeah, played yeah. from 97 to 2013. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. That's a 16-year career. That's a long time for a tight end. Damn right it is. So, yeah, he decides he's going to kill himself, and he describes getting the shotgun and laying in the bed, and then he says he hears his daughter somewhere off in the distance, and we find out his daughter is home alone with him. Fucking tire screeching on that one when I heard that. I was like, (laughs) wait, you were going to do that with your kid there? Yeah. What was going to happen to your kid? Yeah. Like, your kid might have died, Jose. But I guess he also had that thought. Probably. Because then he didn't 
shoot himself in the head. But he didn't have that thought until he says he heard her voice somehow, yeah. which to hear him describe the layout of the house almost seems kind of improbable. Yeah. That So he's like, ooh, spooky. Maybe his kid was already dead. <laughs> that could be. It's haunting him. Yeah. And yeah, that would be funny if you just didn't know about baby monitors. <laughs> she spoke to me through my white plastic radio. <laughs> through my walkie-talkie. Yeah. How did she use it? Mm. How does my three-year-old daughter even know how to use this thing? Makes you think. Yeah. Sure does, Jose. By the way, I'm glad he didn't kill himself. I'm glad he didn't kill reasons. himself, especially given the fact that his daughter was alone in the house yeah. with him. Although, you know. I would have been more glad if he had accepted our cameo request. Yeah. I would have been like, I'm really glad you didn't do that. Yeah. I might've kept that meeting the boyfriend at the door joke out of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Think about what would have happened if you had just said, yes, Jose, you blew it. It's not too late. It's no, not, it's, it's definitely, not too, definitely not too late. It's not we, too late, Jose. <laughs> we will. I'm going to keep we'll requesting. Rafael Palmero. We'll give you 75 to do it. I'll give Rafael Palmero 85 to do it. Pretend to be Jose Canseco. Hi, I'm Rafael Palmero, and I'm Jose Canseco. <laughs> that would be ideal. So yeah, chapter 12 of Juiced. It deserves a chunk of an entire podcast because it is four pages of complete and total, like, what did you just write? Yeah. Why is this only four pages? That's where I started when I was researching this episode. I cracked open because I've been reading it as we yeah, go you've along. Yeah, been progressing. And I crack open chapter 12 and get through it. And I'm like, I know what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> like that's This is going to take up a lot of space. This is pretty much the gist. And yeah, those other chapters that we mentioned, we kind of gloss over them because next week we're talking about Juiced. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about sort of the end of his career, which I believe is true. His sort of blackballing. Yeah, oh, yeah. He, was major, he, he says he's blackballed sure. and a lot of people are like, really? It's like, yeah, fucking really. Of course he was. Yeah. Like he was a cancer in baseball, unfortunately. But yeah, yeah. he was. We'll talk a little bit about sort of the 98 season because it's important to pay attention to. Dude still hit 50 home runs. The McGuire Sosa season. Yeah. So that's that's important to pay attention to. But then we're really going to talk, I think, a lot about sort of the creation of the book Juiced and sort of what happens because of it and why later on we find out that it is the most regrettable thing he's done. Yeah. I really want to find someone who worked on this book with him. Like there has to be an editor or someone that we can talk to. Yeah. I wonder what their NDAs are. Yeah. I need deets. I think we could find it. I need details about. I mean, we could find we have the person. The book, like, we unless can, Jose Canseco killed them after, which is very possible. After his daughter told him to, <laughs> he didn't know how he could. She wasn't even the car. She told me to run that guy over. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but that's what we're talking about next. Yeah, I'm, I'm juiced. I'm looking forward to it because juiced has been, in a way, the blueprint of this podcast in general like we've done yeah. a lot of independent research but for the most part the chronicle that is juiced has been sort of the skeleton of this show so now we're going to talk about it's going to be like the post juiced era right so like juiced and then sort of what happens after it and it's nuts massive it's so nuts that he ends up writing another book called vindicated right which, which is like so hard to find if you're like not on amazon <laughs> Oh, is it? Yeah. Like, there was a copy of Juiced at Barnes & Noble, but I couldn't find Vindicated. Oh. Because obviously it's ask, not the bigger book. Ask them to order it for you. They'll order it for you. I, no. I'm not going to do that. Do it. No. What am I, in the 30s? I think there's an audio book. Nope. There's not? There is not. Ugh. I don't like audio books anyway. I can't do it. Oh, I like them. 
I like a reading book. I have an hour commute to work. Plus, you can listen to them at like a speed at 1.35 and it just, yeah, it goes, you get all the information you need. Yeah. So yeah, next episode, we'll be talking about Hooters. Hooters girls. The Hooters, Hooters is dying. The Hooters in Burbank closed down and it makes me very sad. Hooters in general is dying. I was going to tweet a quote from this book where he talks about how he goes to Hooters because he likes the food. Me too, man. Fucking yeah, Jose. Those wings are fucking tasty. Those buffalo scrimps, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, I could go with a little 9-11 sauce on the buffalo yep. shrimp. Yeah, I'm going to miss having, because it's right next to the AMC, so I would go to Hooters, have lunch, go to a movie. Now it's none of that. I miss you, Hooters. R.I.P. Hooters and in another world, Jose Canseco and possibly his daughter. Right. So that seems like a good way to end this episode. Yeah. This was fun. This what, was a good episode. Do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? You're already listening on Patreon. You're doing everything I need you to do. Yeah. Support uh, support uh, everybody if you're listening to this on Patreon, which you are. Thank you. If you are a gamefully unemployed patron, uh, listen to Tom and Jeff watch Batman, where me and Tom Ryman watch Batman and then dissect it, and it's fun. Uh, Sideshow Sideshow, uh, available through Sideshow Collectibles and all ways you can find uh, it. Podcasts, all the ways. Podcasts? Podcasts. What are those? It's, uh, it goes up, it's, uh, it's like a radio show that you can listen to whenever you want. I can listen to the radio whenever I want, Jeff. I'm going to kill you. I have a radio in my car. Whoa! Yeah. Is it a Ferrari that you could kill Frank Thomas in? <laughs> uh, you can check that out. And uh, Mint on Card is the second Friday uh, of every month live in Burbank on Magnolia at Blast from the Past. Although in December, it is December 6th. You first. asshole. It's the first Friday of the month. Wow. Fuck you, you piece of shit. You motherfucker. Let's get out of here. Also, follow Jose Canseco on Twitter because it's weird. <laughs> because it's not for nothing. I know we'll eventually get to his like current thing, but yeah. like it's a lot of him complaining about places he goes to and then trying to like talk to Elon Musk. <laughs> it's crazy. It's fucking bananas. He's talk, like Cuban Kanye. Talk to Jose Canseco, you fucking stuck up jerk. And for $150, you can get him to do a cameo for you or not. Yeah. If he decides to be a fucking dick. Yeah, he might be a huge fucking dick about it. Bye, buddy. Bye, everybody. We love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.